Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. As always, I am so honored and blessed to have you listening in, to have you tuned in to the Rookie Leaders Podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. Uh, Your time is probably the most valuable asset that you have, and you're sharing that with me. Thank you so much for doing that. Hey, today I want to talk to you about the burden or the overwhelm of outworking your team. Uh, I teach this, I learned this years and years ago that as a leader, you have to be willing for certain, but you also have to demonstrate that you will outwork each member of your team or that you want it more than any member of your team. As the leader, you've got to set the standard, right? In In the standard, for instance, as to, how badly do you want to win? Do you want to achieve your goal? You're as the leader, your goal, your desire to achieve that goal must exceed the desire in all of your other team members. But it also applies to work, right? Your willingness to work hard must exceed that of your team members. And at times, that can be extremely burdensome. That can be very overwhelming as a leader, this concept that you have to outwork all of your team members. So we're going to talk about that today. I'm going to share some tips with you on how to uh, how to manage that. It is a principle. It is, it is a truth of leadership that you outwork, that you desire, you, you know, you have a greater desire to achieve the goal than your team members. But how do you manage the burden and the overwhelm of that? Uh, before we dive into that and I share some thoughts with you on that, Two quick housekeeping items. Again, I want to remind you about our leadership calculator. Be sure you take advantage of this free tool uh, to measure your leadership. Peter Drucker says what gets measured gets improved. I believe you're listening to this podcast because you want to improve your leadership effectiveness. Well, the first thing you need to do there is to measure your leadership effectiveness. So utilize our calculator to do that. Head over to CredibleLeaders.com forward slash calculator, and you can utilize our free leadership calculator there. And then secondly, I wanted to tell you about our Credible Leaders cohort that will be starting next February, February of 2022. I can't believe it. Here it is. It's the middle of December, essentially, uh, already, and I'm trying to get ready for next year. And we will be, uh, we will be again doing two in, in 2022, we'll be d- doing two separate cohorts where we will go through three months together as a group. We'll go through leadership development, leadership training. Uh, we will learn things like credibility and competence and motive and relationship. Those things that are a part of our leadership equation, we'll learn all of that as a group, as a cohort. 
If you are interested in that, I it's December here and I haven't even put up the sales page for this yet. But if you're interested in being a part of our February cohort, it's a three-month cohort. It starts in February of 2022. If you're interested in that, just shoot me an email. Shoot me an email at michael at credibleleaders.com and just mention that you are interested in the cohort for 2022. We'll, be, uh, we'll only be doing two of these next year, and the first one starts in February. So if you're interested in that, shoot me an email, michael at credibleleaders.com. Let me know you're interested in the cohort, and we'll I'll get you the information on that. You can apply for that, and we can uh, get you into the group if you uh, you know if you uh, uh, apply and you're, um, you're you're up to the challenge, if you will, of the cohort. So be sure you uh, you take advantage of that as well. Email me, Michael at credibleleaders.com, if you're interested in the cohort that starts in February. Now let's. Uh, Let's kind of talk about this this idea, this principle. It, it is a leadership principle. It is a truth, if you will, of leadership that as the leader, your desire to achieve the goal, let me, well, let me back up a little bit. So our definition, you've probably heard it from me before, our definition of leadership here at the Credible Leadership Group is influencing others towards a shared goal. Now, the last word there is a goal. Okay, right. We we have we have a purpose. We have an intention. We're trying to accomplish something. And as the leader, my desire to accomplish that goal, it must exceed the desire of all the other team members. Right. I must have the most desire, the most passion as the leader about accomplishing that goal. And you know, also in our definition, that word shared, it has two parts. First, it means communicated. You've told people about the goal. But the second part of that word shared means this idea of togetherness. We are in this together. So in other words, I'm in the accomplishment of the goal with you, right? I'm not sitting in my office telling you to go and do the work. I, as the leader, I'm doing the work with you right now to adhere to that definition of leadership. There is a, a principle in leadership that as the leader, my desire to achieve the goal must exceed that of the team, every team member, but also my work, right? I must outwork all of those team members in the accomplishment of that goal as well. Now, having taught this principle, well, many, many years ago, having learned this principle, I felt this burden and this overwhelm. I'll tell you quickly about that story in just, just a second. But also in teaching this principle, I'm oftentimes, you know, given the response from people, well, you just don't understand some, some of the team members that I have uh, on my team, they're workaholics. They, you know, they just work crazy hours, um, or you don't understand the workload that we have as a team and how hard, how many hours, how hard everyone has to uh, to put in how much hard work everyone has to put in to a accomplish these goals because we're just so overburdened with work to do. And you don't understand how much work that is. And the idea that I've got to even exceed that as the leader, uh, it, it, it's just, um, you know, it's overwhelming. It, it's, it's very, very burdensome on the heart and the mind of a leader. And I totally get that. And so what I want to talk to you today or address today is, first of all, I want to 
address two types of team members, you know, or two scenarios, if you will, related to overwork. And then I want to give you some tips on how you can manage, how you can better lead, uh, especially in a, in a, in a situation or, or some circumstances where you as the leader feel like it's unattainable to outwork your team, to work harder than your team. So first, let's talk about the two, two scenarios, right? The, there's two scenarios where a, a team or maybe individual team members are working more than they should, okay? And I'll talk about both of those scenarios and, and the, the realities of both of those. First of all, you have the scenario where the team is truly overburdened with too much work to do. Okay. Now this is probably the most common when you're feeling this way. There's just too much work to do, right? There, there is no uh, downtime. There is no situation where you would, you know, kind of get it all done. Um, you're just completely overburdened with too much work to do. Now, when that's the case, I, I'm just going to let you know that that cannot be a long-term strategy. You, as the leader, you must take it on yourself to to solve that problem. And later on in the podcast episode here, I'm going to talk to you about some tips on how to solve this particular problem. But you have to solve this problem. If your team members, including you, are so overburdened with too much work to do and, and you're having to put in, you know, 12 16 hours a day, you're having to work nights, you're having to work weekends, you're having to, you know, put in these heroics as it relates to, to overtime to just to kind of keep up with all the work. That cannot be a long-term strategy for you and your team. And the, and the reason for that is obvious, right? It, it leads to burnout. It leads to overwhelm. And what that means is, uh, that means, uh, you know, at best, you as the team, you're not going to be performing optimally, right? So those hours you are devoting, they're not going to be optimal hours. They're not going to be maximum efficiency and maximum effort just because physically and mentally and even emotionally, you're worn out. And so you're not going to be able to maximize the effort of your team members when you're overworking this way. But then worst case scenario you're going to lead yourself or some of your team members to kind of physical breakdown. I mean, so many times we hear of people that end up in the hospital with physical illnesses related to the stress and the burden of overwork, right? So if you have a situation where your team is just truly overburdened with too much work to do, you as the leader you have to manage that. And again, we're going to talk about some tips on how to do that here in just a moment. But now the second scenario, uh, this is less common, but we certainly uh, run into this from time to time. The second scenario is less about a full team that is overburdened, too much work to do and, and putting in crazy hours and so forth. But you have an individual that uh, maybe they would be categorized as a workaholic, right? You have an individual team member that just simply works crazy amount of hours. And this can be for any number of reasons. It could be that, you know, there's there's trouble at home. Maybe there's 
there's trouble at home in their marriage or some situation at home that really they'd prefer to be at work than to be at home. Or you have the situation where someone enjoys work because within our work environment, there is this built-in recognition system, right? At work, when I do a really, really good job and I go above and beyond and and I continue to do that, then then I get promotions or I get compensation raises or I get attaboys and pats on the back. So within the work environment, there's this built-in recognition system oftentimes that fuels us, uh, some of us, to be uh, workaholics, right? So you may be leading in a team and you may have an individual that is a workaholic. And so they are there all the time. And and now, again, as the leader, this idea that uh, I've got to outwork this workaholic that's on my team, uh, that can be very burdensome. That can be overwhelming. And, and what I would say to you here is in this scenario, even this this individual that's a workaholic for whatever reason, they had rather be at work and they are spending you know crazy hours uh, working. You as a leader, you have to address that as well. And you're going to address that with building a good relationship with this team member. You're going to address that with uh, care and concern for this individual because again, Whatever the scenario that keeps them working this way, whatever the scenario that is uh, causing them to be a workaholic, it's not a healthy scenario for that person. And your care and your concern for that person is important here in in solving this issue for them. Again, it can't be a long-term strategy. Uh, If this continues, this workaholic, this, this, you know, going uh, mad hours each week, then it can't be a long-term strategy. That person is going to eventually physically, mentally, and emotionally kind of break down, right? Um, just to kind of give you a, a backstory, I had a situation just like this many, many years ago. Uh, again, I, I was taught the leadership principle that, you know, as the leader, you're the first person there and you're the last person to leave. And in between being the first there and the last to leave, you're working the hardest, right? Your team sees you working very, very hard. Well, I had an individual on my team that uh, he he was certainly a workaholic. He, uh, I, I never seemed to be able to beat him to the office. I, I'm not exactly sure what time he got to the office, but I got there at six o'clock sometimes in the morning and he was already there. Uh, and it didn't seem I could stay late enough. He was always still there. So as the leader... You know, I, I just felt like, man, there's no way that I can outwork this guy. This this guy is just a machine, right? And I was too, I was too young and immature, I think, in my leadership and well, as, as a person, to recognize, especially the physical, mental, and emotional toll that this was taking on this individual. But I just felt like, as the leader, there's no way that I can adhere to this leadership principle of outworking this particular team member. And so I I had a really, really good relationship with this team member, but I, I was never intentional or proactive about trying to address the unhealthy level at which this individual was working, right? The, the, the mad number of hours, I mean, 12 hours in a day was not uncommon at all for this individual. And so I was just too immature to address 
this overwork, this workaholic uh, attitude that this team member had. And it was only just a couple of years of him doing that in my team. And suddenly I get the phone call from his wife that he will not be in to work today because he's in the hospital. And he spent a number of days in the hospital. Uh, I'm not going to go into uh, the the medical situation that he had, um, but he was in the hospital a number of days recovering. And really, it came down to the level of stress and burden that he was putting on himself, the, the, the mad number of hours that he was putting into uh, working. And so as a leader, you've got to address those situations, right? And, and so what I'm, what I'm not saying is that in order to adhere to this leadership principle of outworking your team members, you're not necessarily trying to lower the bar for your team members, but you are making sure that the standard, that the bar is set at a healthy level. And you want to do that for both reasons. You want to set the bar at a healthy level for both reasons. One, care for your team members because you don't want your team members to end up in the hospital like my team member did. But two, so that you, in a healthy manner, can exceed that bar as the leader, okay? So for both of those reasons, you want to set the bar of work at a healthy standard so that you're protecting the health and the well-being of your team members, but also so that you as the leader can adhere to this principle that you're willing to work harder than everyone else you're more you desire more you're more passionate about achieving the goal than everyone else now now especially when you have the situation where your team is just overworked overburdened they have too much work to do i want to talk to you about some tips that i always utilize that have served me very very well as it relates to um, leading through and and solving this problem where you and your team are overworked. You just have too much work to do. Uh, there's three things, three kind of steps in this order that I always attempt to follow, okay? Um, because again, what you're trying to do is you're trying for, for your team members and also for you, you're trying to get the workload down to a healthy level to care for and protect the well-being of your team members as well as your leadership credibility in... in uh, and, and, you know, working hard and, and over uh, overworking your, your team or working harder than your team, if you will. All right. So tip number one, always evaluate and if necessary, modify the processes that you are following, right? So when you are overworked and overburdened uh, with too much work to do, the first step that you want to do is you want to evaluate what are the processes that we're using in doing this work? And can we modify those processes such that it will make our work more efficient? Are there some steps in the process that I can eliminate that I don't need to do? You know, the, 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 the way in which we do things, our standard operating procedures, they tend to kind of evolve over time and, and you know, new steps get added to the process and so on over time. And when you take the the time to kind of look back on those, you might recognize that there are steps in the process that you no longer need to do. Those aren't even relevant anymore, but yet just because 
you've always done it this way, this attitude of you've always done it this way, you just continue to do those steps and you may not need to do that. Or there may be, you know, this, uh, an entire, an entirely different process for, a, for accomplishing the same thing that you could use this different process and it would be more efficient. You would get more work done through that process. So the first thing that you need to evaluate as the leader is what processes are we following to accomplish this work and how can we change those processes so that we're more efficient in them? Now, I know some of what you're thinking here is this idea of, well, Michael, you don't understand. We have too much work to do right now. Therefore, we can't take the time to evaluate the process and to make modifications to the process and teach those modifications and and then work those and and if, you know and then test them and make sure they're making us more efficient. We don't have time to do all that. Maybe you're not understanding, Michael. We're already overworked, so we don't have time to do that. Well, there's a, a story. There's an analogy that I used to uh, hear and tell a lot related to software development. That's the world that I grew up in, and uh, the analogy is this. Uh, and it's related to bringing new team members into your team, especially contractors. And it's this idea of you can't be slowed down right now to do things like evaluating a process. I used to be told a lot, well, we can't slow down to bring on a new contractor into our group on this project because we're we're overworked already. And the analogy that's always used is you have an individual that uh, you see is pushing a bicycle. He's running down the, the road, pushing a bicycle, running as, as hard and as fast as he can. He's pushing this bicycle. And you pull alongside him. You're driving in a car. You pull alongside of him. You roll down the window and you say to him, hey, why don't you stop and get on the bicycle? And he says, I don't have time to stop. I have to keep running. Well, that's the analogy as it relates to evaluating your process, right? Surely you recognize that if you'll take the time to pause, to stop the bike, stop running and get on the bicycle, then I'll be able to ride the bicycle down the road much faster than I would be able to run and push the bicycle. And so I, I understand the the mindset of we're already overworked we have too much to do already we can't stop and evaluate our process but recognize that when you do if you'll be intentional about stopping to evaluate your process and then modify your process it's like stop running and getting on a bicycle because then you're going so much faster you're making so much ground so much faster and therefore you you, you find ways that you're able to now get the work done in a healthy manner. Okay. So first thing you do, evaluate your process. Second step, second thing here that you want to do is you want to evaluate your systems and your tools. Okay. Your systems and your tools. Now, this is oftentimes the case where, um, again, over time, we have brought tools, software tools, or systems into our workflow. And just over time, we've just continued to use those tools or those systems. Now, over time, it may be that those, those tools 
they never evolved, right? So there may be other tools that are newer that have more capabilities or more features that would make our life easier if we had those additional tools or those new tools, right? So you always want to evaluate what are the systems or what are the tools that you and your team are using to accomplish the goal, to, to get your work done? What are the systems? What are the tools that you're currently using? Maybe that you've been using for years and years and years, or maybe tools that you've just recently acquired and started to use, but you realize it's just not giving you the benefit that you thought it would. You want to evaluate these systems and these tools to determine, is there something else out there that would make our life simpler, that would make our life easier, such that we could get this work done in a shorter amount of time or with less effort, less energy, and so forth. So be sure that you look at what are the tools, what are the systems that we're using to in our daily work to get our job done And is there something better out there? Okay, so that's tip number two. So tip number one, evaluate and change your process. Tip number two, evaluate and change your systems or your tools. And tip number three is finally when we get to where people tend to start, and that is evaluate adding new team members. Evaluate adding new team members. Now, I'll just say normally, it is normally the case that people jump right to tip number three here, right? When your team is feeling overburdened, too much work to do, the natural tendency is, well, let's just throw more people at this problem. Let's just throw more people at this. But what happens is if you don't follow step one and two, throwing more people at the problem becomes becomes unscalable, right? It, it, It won't scale, right? Because what you're doing is you're throwing more people at a process or at a system that isn't efficient. And what happens when you throw more people at a process that's inefficient, it becomes even more inefficient. What happens in that case, when you have a process that's really inefficient, and let's say you have a team of five people, and these five people have been following this process for years and years, right? They, maybe they're kind of set in that we've always done it this way attitude or whatever. You've got those five people. They've been following this process for years and years. And then what happens is you, you're overburdened, overworked, overburdened. You bring in two new team members. So now you have seven team members. Well, those five team members, they have to teach those two team members, the process, even as inefficient as it is, they have to teach the process to those two individuals. And as they do, those two individuals start to identify gaps or holes or or flaws in the process. Hey, we could do this more efficiently. We could do that more efficiently and so forth. And so what then starts to happen is you start to kind of have this back and forth. Maybe even it, it, it devolves into kind of infighting among new team members and old team members and uh, you know, and in that situation, then you you have an inefficient process, but now you've got team members also kind of fighting uh, in this inefficient pro- among this inefficient process, uh, which slows things down even worse. And so, if you 
if you just throw people at the problem, you jump straight to tip number three, just add people to the team and you haven't addressed the process or the system and tools, uh, then it's going to make those even worse, right? So don't worry with adding new people to the team to, to, uh, to, to overcome, you know, a workload, a heavy workload until you've first dealt with process and system and tools, process system and tools. Anytime for years and years now, uh, my response, and it served me very, very well for years and years now in my leadership, when someone comes to me and says, Hey, I think we need to hire more people. I first say, have we evaluated our process? Can we make changes to our process? We go through that exercise. Then are there tools? Are there systems that we can enhance or, or get new ones or different ones? Or, right? Once we do those two things, then I'm willing now to add new people to the team. Because, again, the, the opposite is true. When I now add more people to a process that is very efficient, that process now scales more people can now do this efficient process, which means it scales uh, and scales very, very well. So that's those are the three tips. If you if you are, you know, trying to adhere to this this idea that hey, um, I want to be that leader that outworks my team. I want to be that leader that is more that has more desire, more passion to achieve our goal. I want my level of work and I want my level of desire to be contagious. And I want the, the team to see my willingness to work extremely hard with them to accomplish our goal. But then you're, you're, you're kind of second guessing that. Can you really do that because your team is already overworked or you have team members that are, are putting in uh, unattainable amounts of effort that you can't exceed? You need to make sure that you are setting a healthy standard for longevity in your team. So a healthy standard in what is an appropriate workload. And you do that by evaluating your processes, evaluating your systems and your tools that you're using, and then evaluating the idea of adding new team members to your team. And in a different podcast episode, maybe we'll talk about what it looks like to appropriately add new team members to your team, but don't do that until you first evaluated your process and your system and tools that you are using. So I hope that's helped you. I hope that's helped you with uh, adhering to this leadership principle of uh, outworking, being more passionate about accomplishing the goal than your team members. Uh, I hope that's helped you with that leadership burden. Before I let you go, again, let me remind you, Leadership Calculator, take advantage of that, credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator. And again, if you're interested in entering into a small group, a cohort of other leaders learning through the leadership equation, learning through credibility and competence and motive and relationship, if you're interested in doing that, we're starting that in February of 2022. You can just shoot me an email, michael at credibleleaders.com. Let me know you're interested in the cohort and I will get an application out to you, get you the details of doing that. So uh, just shoot me an email, michael at credibleleaders.com, and we'll get that ball rolling for you. Now, thanks so much again for tuning in, for listening, for sharing your time with me. Until we speak again, be blessed and lead well. 
this episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended. But never fear, you can find other binge-worthy podcasts and episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to CredibleLeaders.com. 